Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called The Voice of Grief. I want to get into a little bit about the inner struggles that is grief today and some of the stuff that's not talked about, some of the stuff that is, and I want to start it off a little different than I usually do, so stick around. Thanks for joining today, guys. So this week, uh, I just want to do this a little different than I usually do. I would love to start off with a post that I had um, made for today's Facebook group. So I do a a Facebook group for uh, soulmates who are missing their person. And on Fridays, I try to do a little feel-good post every Friday just to sort of inspire or get people thinking or talking. So today's, I just want to share with you because I think it leads nicely into today's topic. So I entitled it, If You Get There First. To my dog and 94-year-old dear friend, if you should get to heaven before me, tell my amazing husband that I'm devastated without him. Let him know that breathing hurts and our memories sting as they remind me of a tremendous love that I can no longer experience in my daily senses. Tell him I've been just miserable without him to get through these impossible events. Let him know that it still kills me inside, knowing that I'll never feel his lips kiss mine again. Tell him it was too soon, I can't do this, and I now am a shell of the person that he loved here on this earth. You tell him that when I said until death do us part that I didn't mean this, not now. Let him know I stay in, turn down invitations, hate going to the grocery store, that I don't shower until it's necessary, and that I smile to distract others from my tears. Tell him I avoid his photos, videos, and anything that reminds me of the times we shared. Let him know I hurt, I'm different, I'm jaded, I get angry, I get sad and cry all the time, and I have no desire to change any of it. Tell him I let others know that I'm still sad by avoiding smiles and I scare people away with my bad attitude because they wouldn't understand anyway. Let him know that I no longer do any of the things we love to do anymore because they make me sad. Tell him I can't go on and do this anymore. You know what? Scratch all that. Tell him that I will continue to do my best but miss him terribly. Tell him I'll honor the love we shared by contributing beauty in this world because our love made me beautiful. Tell him I'll let that cup runneth over and allow the world to benefit from the tragic loss of the amazing and incredible man that he was. Be sure he knows I'm taking care of myself, our pets, our kids, our family and friends. Let him know that I'm this amazing, strong, and able woman because of the love that we shared together. Let him know that I'm going to be okay and protect my soul until the day we meet again. Add in there that I'll make the time go go faster by enjoying myself and participating in the things we loved, even when it's sometimes hard. Please ask him to help me and pick me up when I falter because I know this road Will be so hard. Remind him that my heart is forever his, no matter what the future holds. Thank him for making me strong, even through his death. Tell him I'm glad he doesn't hurt now, even if it came at the cost of my heart feeling some hurt. 
I'm tough, but can't wait to be weak in his arms once again someday. Tell him until that day comes, I promise to do only my best and do it even when it feels impossible. Forgive me, please, for the days when my best is not much. I'm trying so hard. Tell him to let his heart be at peace knowing I'm safe. I'm living for the both of us. I remember our wedding vows and know that through marriage, we were bonded as one. Through my enjoyment, you'll be happy. Through my smile, you'll know joy. Through your peace, I'll be healed. I love him, perhaps more than ever. So that was my post, guys. (laughs) My Friday morning feel-good post. I'm hoping it left people feeling good, but I think... If anything, with this one, it might have been more a little bit of a a thought provoker because I know that with my grief, I tend to, like, often, you know, you want to be mad and all of these emotions that, mad, sad, angry, fearful, all these things that are really low negative emotions and that kind of wants to surface up. You want to shout that from the rooftops to your person and to God and to beg for it to be different. But the reality is that what you really want is your person to be at peace and to see you strive and to see all the good that can still be done even in their absence. You know, not just, not just like despite it, but like, you know, in a beautiful memory of them. And so that you know, everything they loved here, like, do you really think that the children that they love that, you know, are left in your care, that they'd be happy to watch them sitting around twiddling their thumbs while you cry in a bedroom? These are the things they are hard to talk about because I know they're happening every day. I have conversations every day inside my group with people who are unable to put their pants on and get out of bed. They're unable to face the world yet or stop the tears from flowing constantly. And we still have a world around us that needs us in it. And that is so hard to hear. So hard. And to to think like when people say something like, oh, you need to do it for them or whatever. It's like you're the people saying that are trying so hard and desperately to be encouraging. But the reality is, you know, it's like the last thing someone wants to hear. And yet still, sometimes I think when it's coming from my mouth because they know my pain and they know my loss, maybe it'll be you know, won't fall on deaf ears. It'll, it'll hit a little harder maybe. Um, but I do believe, cause I feel that whole first part before I said, scratch that. I felt every bit of that too. You know, you want to say like, I'm not doing good. I'm, I'm not okay. I'm not participating. I need you here. But yet the reality is you want to say, listen, you made me better. You made me this better person. And I am stronger because of that love. And it carries on. It was so strong, it carries on even beyond you in that loss. So that was what I was hoping to inspire. But I know in my heart that sometimes those words are hard to hear, you know? I mean, especially when you're living it. Um, Yeah. So I get asked more often than any other question, um, how do I support somebody who I love that just had this tragic loss? How do I support somebody that I love through this incredibly impossible cancer journey that they're on? How can I be there for them? Like, what can I say that's not going to be triggering or, um, you know, and that will just be encouraging without sounding cliche? And I get asked it all the time. There's no cookie cutter answer here. 
because we're all different in how we react and respond. Um, and, you know, even from one grieving soul to another, the connection's not always there. I, I constantly tell people, I'm not for everybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, there are so many different grief coaches, counselors, grief groups, support teams, you know, are out there. And that's a gift because how one person grieves and can move through this is going to be very different than another person's journey. And it's hard because, you know, I could tell you exactly how somebody could support me, but it has nothing to do with how you could support your person. You know what I mean? And um, there are some things that I think maybe across the board are helpful to hear. But I mean, I think the main thing that I've come across the most that's the hardest is sometimes it is what we say that's hard um, on the person receiving it. So sometimes saying nothing at all is the sheer answer to that. You know, we really, when we're in tough times and grief, need unconditional, quiet support. That's what I always say. Because for me, I didn't need to hear it. I didn't want the silver lining. I didn't want to know better days were coming or that I was strong or that, you know, things happened for a reason or any of it. I didn't want to hear people were sending prayers and love even at that point. I was like, I don't want to hear it. I just want you here. I wanted quiet, silent support. Um, and of course, people's prayers and, you know, sending love is great when it's genuine, but be very careful because I have heard from people countless times that that started to fall kind of flat for them because people said it but didn't do it. And that's tough. <laughs> I mean, I I can understand that and we don't really know whether people do mean it and do it, but I'm sure there are times that we've all said it and not done it right? Like at some point you said, oh my gosh, I'll be praying for you. I'll keep keeping you in my prayers and then didn't do that. So I think that's where people turn around and have an expectation that people are doing the same to them because they've done it to others. <laughs> so be just really sincere with your words. And if you say you're going to send a prayer form, just turn around in that very second as you're typing it, send that prayer up, you know, and, and then check in, <laughs> you know, that means everything. And if you are just real quiet with things, but there for them, they'll remember that. You know, I have people that I remember just sitting with me and it was the best gift. It wasn't the people who were always trying to give, um, you know, helpful advice and stuff. I didn't need that. And sometimes it made, it made me become like a devil's advocate and always saying to the contrary, no matter what they said, I felt like my inside voice was like ready to battle about it. You know what I mean? It was like, I think I might have talked about this before, but it was like, if I, no matter what I said, um, they would try to say something to just tip me back to the light. And I was like, not wanting that. It's like, why can't you just see that? Yes, this just sucks. This is bad. This is terrible. That's it. That's all you have to say. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like saying you see my soul and yes, it's awful. You know, um, but when we sit in um, this feeling of like <sighs> anger and sorrow and can't get out of that pool of it all, it's like I say sometimes that it's like people trying to wear this badge of honor that like the more I loved you, I need to show it through my grief. Like I need to grieve hard because I loved so hard, but it's not a badge of honor, you know, 
the real honor to the person you lost is when you're able to get out and do again. Um, but sitting, you know, in a, in a room, turning down offers and, and crying in your pajamas, you know, it's not, it's not doing honor to the person's life. And it's not, it's not showing that you appreciate this one. And I mean, I hear people tell me all the time, well, I'm ready for it to be my time. I'm just waiting for God to take me. Well, you really think he's going to take you when you're sitting in a state of misery and, you know, digging in your heels? Because I'm pretty willing to bet he's waiting for you to see the light and the wrong in your ways and how, you know, the next step. Sure, it's like when you're a little kid and you can't wait to be that next grade higher or a little bit hit that next age you know all the little ones that say like I'm four and a half (laughs) I'm four and three quarters because they want to get to that next age so badly well that's kind of what I think of with grief when people tell me like I am just waiting till it's my day I can't wait until my time is over well (laughs) you know sure like it's everybody's always trying to jump granted like I believe the next step is the best right like that is what's to come that is eternal life that is That's what I've been waiting for my whole life, of course. But it's like, you know, that little kid that's adding up every quarter of their year to try to get to that. It seems like that birthday never comes, right? Well, what happened when you hit your 40s or 50s, maybe? I don't know. For me, the more I stopped focusing on that birthday, they seem to roll real fast, right? Like, I'm not focused on, I can't wait to be 43 and a quarter, (laughs) Right. So that once you get rid of that, all of a sudden, before you know it, like you're 45, 46, 48, 49, it's flying by like what? Wait, I'm how old? I actually recently had this happen where I thought I was like two years younger than I was. I had no idea. Apparently, time just kept flying and I was not paying attention to it. But I can tell you if you're sitting in your PJs crying 24 seven, that time will creep by like nobody's business you will be sitting there waiting and that's a miserable way to be and I think all the more for those of you saying I'm raising my hand and saying come take me you will not be chosen (laughs) you will not be at the top of the list because you have not embraced this beautiful life you were given and I mean every person that I know I can say every person that I know that has passed now um they all did they they checked the boxes. They did the thing. They lived life. Like, I don't think that, you know, I mean, even the little people I knew that passed, like, they still lived big dreams. Like, man, and I, it can't be an accident, you know, the good die young, so to speak, but they're doing their thing. They're living life. They're embracing this gift of life they were given and they're not just, um, you know, squandering it away. And I'm a big believer in like, you know, you can't take your own life and expect to get to that finish line that you want. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to, you're not going to get there faster. (laughs) If anything, you're going to get there slower. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I think that there's, it's not in your control. Someone else has taken the wheel. And it's how you're living day in and day out and how you look at the cup and how you do the things. That's going to determine how long and how enjoyable that last time is here. You know, this blip on the radar. Is it going to feel like the world's biggest blip? Is it going to feel like, oh my God, it's been 50 years without my person now. Like, is it going to be that kind of elongated sense? Or is it going to be like, 
my gosh, it feels like I lost them yesterday and here I am on my own deathbed. You know, like that's what I want. I want to have packed in so much goodness and enjoyed my, you know, friends, family, children, all of the stuff that I still have that I'm so grateful for so fully that at the end I look back and go, oh my gosh, where did my life go? It went so fast. I'm so grateful I stood up and I did these things and I didn't just say I should, I would, I could. I mean, a podcast is something I talked about for like a decade. And then finally, when I did it, I did it all at once. It was like, I think in a weekend I started it up and got it going. It was so simple. I was don't know what I was waiting on. Like a blog. I always wanted to be a blogger because I love to write and I love inspiring people with my words. And it was something on my to-do bucket list of someday I'm going to do this to help other people. And like when I finally stopped the putting it off till tomorrow and started doing, 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 time certainly flew by a lot faster. But the time I've had now, I can look back and say, I don't have a checklist that's, you know, 20 pages long of the things I want to do someday and haven't done. Like I don't have any like big career aspirations that I really wanted to do. I don't have any like hobbies I've always wanted to tackle that I didn't dip my toe in and at least give a try. I, you know, all of it, I'm working on all of it. And I still have some of it. Like some of it is stuff like I have bins that I have to go through still of my kids stuff that I'm like, I'm kind of looking forward to it this winter. It's like when I get into going through all that stuff and as much as like reliving the memories and stuff, but just like going through it and getting rid of it all the stuff on the back of my mind that's weighing me down I'm doing it you know I'm doing it no more to-do list it's the done list (laughs) that's what I want I want a done list so I'm working on it and I'll tell you my husband man we're coming up on two years now and it seems like that blip happened in a minute you know I mean I can still see that last day like a clear picture on a television. I can still remember almost every, I remember where I walked, what I did next. I like that day is pretty darn imprinted in my mind. And it seems quite literally like a weekend or two ago. But yet I can say we packed in a lot of stuff in that time and what I was able to accomplish leaves me feeling fulfilled. It didn't leave me heavy. Of course, I always notice the absence in the hole and that doesn't go away. So if you're supporting people through this, don't expect them to be better. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people say, I hear this often, like their biggest complaint around friends and family is like, they're they're wondering why I'm still so stuck in this grief and haven't moved on yet. And that is just, it's an impossible expectation to have on somebody who's had major gut-wrenching, soul-clenching grief, you know? It, it's like, it's, it's as though there is a seared hole in your heart. And sure, you can start to like bandage it up, so to speak. And that will maybe give more of an outward appearance of moving on to people. There is not a day that goes by that I won't, you know, let a teardrop, I'm sure. Or a moment where I have to like take a breath or acknowledge what's missing. You know, that stuff, it's just, it's with you. And it would be a shame if it wasn't really. I mean, it's an, it is in a sense, like it, the fact that it's with you still is because the love was so great, but it doesn't have to be you, all of you, you know, that doesn't have to be who you are, how you're defined or seen. You know, I am, oh, I don't know. Like, do I want to be seen as a widow forever? I, ugh. Part of me says, heck no. Like, I hate the word, the term. I hate the way people look at me, like, with pity. 
Um, and then part of me is like, I always want to be seen as that because that's who I am. I miss my person. I want to wear it on my sleeve like a badge of honor. I want to I want to scream it from the rooftops how much I loved him. I don't want people to forget about him. I want them to know that like, no matter what I'm doing, that loss is still with me. I want them to see that. So it's hard. <laughs> I always say that, don't I? It's, this is hard, but it is. And I share my experience with it just because, you know, especially now I have about a thousand people in my group. So, you know, the conversation, I'm having daily conversations with so many different people from so many different walks of life. And there are so many commonalities in grief that it, it is mind blowing. Um, every time I think like, well, that's got to be an exception. You know, wow, that person's family really is just that that's not a norm. And then I see five more posts with the same. Yeah, me too. Yep. I hear you. I had the exact same thing happen and I'm taken back because there's a lot of commonalities and a lot of things that separate us all. But uh, the, the underlying grief is very common and familiar, especially because my group is specific to soul crushing loss. So this is like the deep, deep losses. Um, and I've watched people develop and grow while being in the group too, which is kind of a cool thing to observe because nobody ever wants to say that time will heal any of this. Um, but you can see a progression happen um, as people, you know, they they don't, this is how I explain it. It's like, you're not moving on, you're not healing from it, but it's like, if you have grief and it's like, planting, if you keep planting these tiny little seeds, right, within all of this grief, just a little nugget of a little something good, those seeds are going to flower and blossom. Not all at once, not, not like filling the entire hole in your heart, but like little by little, they will sprout up. So if just keep planting it, just keep doing it, and sometimes you'll fail and falter and other times you'll succeed. But if you keep on doing it, those seeds eventually spread. And eventually it's like, yeah, it's like a patchwork quilt in a sense, like where there's never like a mended heart, but you can start to see little beautiful, you know, blossoms come up here and there. And it's very cool to watch. Um, you know, it's inspiring and none of us are at the same pace. It's funny how one simple thing can be the catalyst to a person turning their situation around. You know, I have one gentleman who has been struggling with finding work and he'd get a job and then he'd lose the job. He'd get a job and then, you know, his car would break down and then he'd have to, you know, stop having to travel so far to work. So he'd have to get a new, and it was like when he finally found that job that felt like home, his grief suddenly turned a corner um, and so for some people, it could be something like that. For other people, it's like, you know, finally a person, a family member outreaching and saying, I'm sorry. And like, I know that this is hurting you and I want to be here for you. And they hadn't felt that before. And then suddenly everything turns around for other people. It's like, you know, they all of a sudden get invited from a group of friends to go out to a brunch and all of a sudden they realize that they're not alone anymore and or they start having conversations with people within our group and they recognize their story and someone else and they connect 
Or maybe it's a new relationship somebody forms and then all of a sudden it makes it a little easier. Uh, ah, it's been amazing to watch. It really is. And so it's inspiring to me that, you know, the first portion of that post, it's real. It, it's the stuff that cuts you to your core. But if you can get to the point of the second part of this post and recognizing that there's so much even more beauty within acceptance of, um, you know, embracing the light, bringing in more light and, you know, doing the things that they can no longer do and all this stuff to make time pass more quickly till you can be together again or till, you know, you can feel like their, their loss wasn't for nothing. All that stuff, it's just... It's what helps the journey to take that turn. So on that note, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate is the name of my Facebook group that I will leave a link in the description of today's episode for anybody wanting to grab an invitation to join the group. Guys, by the time you hear this, it will be over a thousand members. And the amazing part of it is it's still an incredibly supportive group of people who are going through soul-crushing loss. And so in many ways, even though it's a different boat and a different storm, um, we're all at least traveling the same direction and the same, <laughs> the same path in that sense. So it is very supportive. There's a lot of great solutions in there for people who are looking for them. And so if you want your invitation to join, hop on over and uh, I'll see you on the inside. And now back to the show. Okay, so before the break, I was talking about, you know, when you're in this nightmare, um, starting to plant some seeds because over time, you know, those seeds will basically develop into little flowers sprouting up. So, you know, being patient, waiting for that to happen is, is key. Also, um, I will say that for a lot of people who say that they feel as though they got buried right there alongside their person, um, and that was sort of the end for them, you know, my, my advice there is that, you know, part of your heart probably did get buried right along with your person, you know, and where I worry is about the part of that heart that's still left here, right? That he or she who passed likely has a part of their heart that was left behind here with you. And it's kind of your job to look after that, right? It's your job to look after that part of their heart that's still here and take care of it and make sure it's doing the good stuff and enjoying life. And, you know, I mean, that's what my Facebook group is all about. It's like for those who have like tried this and this is sort of like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I can't do it. Um, I do offer a program that um, I will occasionally reach out to group members and say, hey, here's something else that I have because it's sounding like you're needing a little more. But also, I mean, please, people, please, please, please reach out to the professionals. You know, I'm a grief coach, but there are grief counselors out there with years of experience dealing with this. And, you know, it's just important that you're taking care of yourself. And when it's too much, only you can know but it's like, it's time. It's time to do something and put yourself as a priority again. You know, and I won't say that it's just for them. I mean, it can't be just for them. 
You know, a lot of people say, oh, do it for your loved one or whatever. They want this for you. It can't just be that. It has to be for you because only out of our own motivation for self and to do, is that really where transformation happens? Because we're not looking for little changes here. We're looking for a transformation, right? Because little changes are not really going to fix a problem this big. You need a whole entire path change, right? Like we need to start like a new road altogether. This isn't something that can just be easily band-aided. Band-aided? <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> if I didn't have a little Heatherism in this whole episode, you would start to wonder who is this girl? <laughs> so yeah, it's band-aided up. <laughs> no. Um, so truthfully, it's transformation we're after and it's just, it needs something big. Like if, if the little things aren't working, it's because you're needing something bigger. So recognize when that happens and reach out. You know, um, I basically started doing grief coaching just for the fact that I was just somebody who, every time somebody said you should really talk to a counselor, I kind of just felt in judgment for some reason because I didn't feel like they had been through what I had been through. So even when they sat in silence, I, I felt judgment, which was weird, I know, and this isn't what it is meant to be. It's meant to help you through. But if every time I sat down with a counselor, I would have this weird wall that I put up um, and combative state. And I know this only because I tested it with friends and family who were in the counseling um you know, arena. And every time they spoke, I had a different energetic feel internally than when I spoke to somebody who had also experienced grief. So since that kept happening to me, I was like, first of all, I wasn't going to counseling. So I was like, fully aware that there were other people like me out there who weren't just, they just weren't going after the help that they needed. So I actually had people come to me and ask me to grief coach them because they saw how I was doing it and they wanted to know what I was doing. So that's kind of how it started was people just raising their hand and saying, hey, will you teach me what you're doing? Um, And then I recognized that there is a need for some people to just hear from other people who are walking the walk um, because it just felt a little more understood or um, I mean, that's the best way I could explain it. So, you know, there's something for everybody out there. And I just wanted to offer another option for people that were feeling intimidated about crossing the line of counseling. And I have a lot of people I work with inside my program who also are receiving counseling at the same time or um, who have have received it before or who may in the future. But uh, it's just a step. It's what, you know, it's me giving out my strategies. It's me giving out what has worked for me and how I got up off the kitchen floor and back into pants and into the land of the living, you know, I just, I'm all about sharing guys in life. Just share what you learn. I mean, why on earth does somebody go 70, 80, 90 years through a life and go through all these experiences to gain all this knowledge and then no one listens to them? I mean, we should be listening to our elders. We should be listening to those who have gone before us and gone through it and come out the other side shiny. Because why on earth do we need to go through all that pain ourselves? Why? When someone else has already been there and figured it out or figured out an easier way. Um, I've been paying a lot more attention to other people's, um, and it doesn't have to be someone older than you even. I mean, I know people younger than me who've been through things I've not been through, and I could learn a lot from them. I could learn a lot from my children. I mean, I've never lost a parent. They have. 
Um, you know, I, I learn from them every day, to be honest with you. But I think if we're so closed off to like allowing other people's experiences to help us, we're missing out on like avoiding the struggle. Like, why do we want to sign up for the struggle when someone else is like, hey guys, you know, the grass is already mowed over here. Come this way. No, no, I want, I want to go through the swampy trenches. Excuse me. I'll be there in about three days. I got this. It's like, is it our ego that's like telling us like, no, no, you don't need them. You've got this. You can do it. You know, through this tough experience, you'll learn so much more. I don't know. Just like at some point I, I hear it. Like I know the message of like, you know, teach a man to fish and he'll be fed for a lifetime versus, you know, I get it all. I get it. But there's also that if someone else has already figured out so much of the tough stuff and been through the hard stuff to get there, then why do you also need to trudge through that same hard stuff to get there? Because you're still going to have plenty of your own battles and your own sludge, even once you jump to the point they are at in the game. You know what I mean? You skip past, yeah, sure, you bypass this whole swamp because this person had already paved the way for you. But then still, you're not out of the woods. It's still there. There's still a lot to have to maneuver. And then maybe you learn something along your way that now you can pass on as a nugget. Like, don't hold on to your stuff. Like, sometimes we're kind of a selfish, um, you know, beings. We just, we learn and we hold on to that. We don't pass it on. We don't give it to others. We don't say, hey, guess what I figured out? Like, let them struggle and figure it out on their own. It's terrible. Like, I'm doing everything I'm doing right now just to try to make the path a little easier for others because, ugh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. So I don't know why so many of us hold tight to the vest, chest, whatever that saying is. Like, why we hold it so tightly to us. Like, it's ours. We somehow earned this through all our hard work, and I'm not going to pass on this knowledge. This could be anything, guys. I'm not just talking grief here. Like, in life, like, you work your butt off to figure out how to get something done, you know, for work and it took you weeks to get there. So you're not going to just share it with the group so everybody else can have an easier time. No, it took me three weeks. Let them figure it out on their own. It's weird. Like, (laughs) no. And if you raise other people up, guess what happens? The next time you're stuck and you're needing somebody to extend the olive branch or help you out or give you the little leg up, they're going to be a whole lot more willing since you helped them out the last time, right? If we could all just be a little more gracious with what we learn and, you know, just passing on all that stuff it just is so cyclical and then it it comes back to you and actually the next episode that I do I'm going to get into this because I want to talk about karma and when we're talking about like what you go put out and what comes back at you so just keep an eye out for that one (laughs) so more on that to come but uh, I really am all about just sharing your journey and seeing if anything in it can inspire someone else in some way. So that's that would be my homework for you. I haven't given you guys homework in a while. I used to always give a homework assignment every episode. So here you go. Go out into the world and see if you can share something with somebody. Somebody else who is on a path. What's that country song about? Um, oh, it's the Humble and Kind song, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Oh, how could I forget? It's such a meaningful song to me and yet somehow I managed to take that out of my uh my memory for a moment there but it's all about like once you get there turn back around you know and pay it forward for the next person so that's my homework assignment for you is like 
okay, you've achieved some stuff in your life. I have no doubt you've achieved a lot in your life. Take something, some type of nugget, whether you've made it through like the loss of a parent, maybe you've, um, you know, figured out, I don't know, the key to a great layup in basketball, whatever it is, I don't care, but pass it on to somebody. Whatever it is you figured out that was a hard figure out that maybe you've been holding on to, pass it on. I mean, for all you know, this is like, this is your last stand when none of us know when our last day will be. Pass on something to, you know, better future generations. And even if it's just a little bit of advice to, you know, a niece or a nephew or a grandchild or a, I don't know, anything, <laughs> help somebody else. You know, this this whole like climbing up the corporate ladder, trying to get ahead of other people. It's big race. I mean, it's really silly because there's enough for everybody in this world. There really is. Think about how many people there are in this world. So when somebody says like, I'll take this grief um, journey I'm on with like starting the Facebook group and coaching and all this stuff, I could easily be like, oh no, they're my competition. I don't want to tell them what I'm doing. I mean, but really? Think about how many people need to be served. I could never, I could never serve everybody even if I had the ability, you know, like it's just not, <laughs> there's just too many people because death is inevitable, right? I mean, everybody's dealing with grief, but in life, I'm saying like, there's so many other people doing exactly what you're doing. The competition's already there. Helping the next guy is not going to put you further behind. It's just not, it's not a thing. <laughs> you know how many people are out there, let's say, helping people learn how to start a blog. Think about how many people out there are doing that. Oh my gosh, I bet there's millions, millions. And yet still, people are making millions doing that, right? So think of it that way, like, it doesn't matter. Just help someone else because it makes you feel good. It helps the next person and karma is, ah, all right, I'm gonna hold on to karma till the next one. I don't wanna get into it too much, but like, just put some good out there in the world and help the next person. It feels really good. Um, but also I think we could figure our way out of a lot of these really tough topics and conversations so much easier if everybody was willing to just give their best advice and not hold it so so tightly and you know release the grip on it allow it to be something that can benefit everybody because it's just beautiful to watch too and to know that it was that little nugget you threw out there that trickled out so even just you know I was talking about this Facebook post I did this morning um, when I went to the commercial break I actually opened up my um, Facebook group real quick and the first thing I saw was a post from one of my members and she was doing a repost of somebody else's post that she had seen that had inspired her but she posted it because she said I had <laughs> inspired her that morning so it was like this whole like I posted something and it made her think oh yeah I remember that thing that also helped me I should share that because everybody's liking hers and mine was kind of a similar message and I should share that because it hit you know maybe this and guess what with a thousand people in my group not all 1,000 people are gonna receive my post because guess what happens algorithm <laughs> it just gets dispersed and like a very small percent of your group actually gets those messages sent out to them but now I've got two messages because I've got her post that also is getting spread to everybody. And it was inspired by my post, uh, which was inspired by somebody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so this is very cool to watch literally just unfolded. You know, I had no idea that was going to be there when I opened it up and read it. But that is watching it in action. How you passing on the goodness just straight from your heart. I mean, part of me was like, 
it was something I was thinking about putting in a book one day, but I was like, no, just get it out there to the world. You can still write a book someday, but like put this out there. It's on your mind and inspiring you right now in this moment. There's a reason, you know, just spread it and share it. And so I did. And guess what? Who knows? Who knows if like that one share changed somebody's life in such a way. So like, don't hold on to the stuff or wait till tomorrow or yeah, I'll get around to it or whatever. Or if you have a book you want to write, get out there and write your book already. Like, what are you waiting on? (laughs) You know, until you start taking action, it's never going to get completed. So at least just start. That's what, so maybe that could be your other homework option. (laughs) Either inspire someone else or just start doing your darn thing already. (laughs) So that way, whatever your finished product is, hopefully can then inspire others and and help other people. Um, (laughs) Yeah, guys, this was, phew, I went all around the bend again. (laughs) Isn't this how I always roll? I have no script, so I just kind of roll with whatever comes to mind. I tell you all my crazy little life nuggets and things that are going on in my own world and And you know what? Hey, this is another thing. There's still haters out there. No matter what, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and there's going to be people spewing hate. So I want to just address this real fast. If people are hitting you where it hurts, it doesn't matter. If if they're just throwing out like things that, you know, what, what could roll real easy or if it's really cutting to your core, at the bottom of it all, don't let the haters win. Just let that stuff roll. I think there are people out there who are just so sad and miserable themselves. They are just looking for people out there to cut down. You know, they might just be seeing you succeed and hoping that throwing that rock at you is going to knock you off your path. So don't let it, right? Don't let the people stand in your way. Don't let other people tell you otherwise when you already know you're doing something really good that's when you know more than ever that you should keep on your path because it's starting to rattle people a bit, right? (laughs) The devil's only coming after you when you're somebody worth chasing. So (laughs) keep blazing that trail of awesomeness when you start feeling the devil on your, the devil on your tail, then you're probably doing something right. And that's when you really need to keep persisting and pursuing um, because, you know, he's not going to pay attention if you're not not worth his attention. (laughs) So, you know, whenever you're feeling that feeling of like, oh, why is everything coming at me right now? It's probably because you're on your path to doing something pretty amazing. So keep on keeping on. I'm so excited, guys, to have you have listened to this whole episode if you got this far. And I'm grateful for all of the, the listeners Again, it's wild. Like I said, so I have, um, you know, more than a thousand email subscribers now. I think I'm like, uh, I don't even know, 1300 or so. My group, my Facebook group is about to a thousand members and my downloads for my podcast are now at about a thousand downloads. So things are happening. I don't know what it is about this number 1000, but um, it's a thing right now and I'm excited about it. I'm excited for your support to get me here. And hopefully it means that I'm inspiring somebody out there and you're coming back to hear more. So guys, I'll see you on the next one when I do get into more on karma. And thank you so much for joining me today and listening. All right, see you later, guys.